everybody, you're listening to The Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners and have been practicing together for nearly five years. We live in Bangkok and we love to share a passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by Friction Live. Friction Live offers a variety of kink classes, mostly centered around rope and things you can do to complement rope, which you can follow along with from the comfort of your own couch, your kitchen, your bed, your rope dojo. You can attend the class live or view it recorded at your convenience. Check them out on frictionlive.ca. Today's episode is also brought to you by Praetorian. Praetorian is a talented artist who will work on commission to turn your favorite rope photos into beautiful digital paintings. We think his art is gorgeous and we think you should check it out. He's fluent in a variety of visual styles, so have a talk with him about the kind of look you'd want and you'll be amazed at what he can produce. You can find all about Praetorian, including the link to order commission work from him in the show notes. So today we're excited to bring you the first episode on the topic selected by our patrons. Yes, Maya, for 2021, the patron of all tiers now have the ability to come vote on patreon.com slash podcast. Um, they'll vote on which topic they'd like, they'd like us to cover next. And today's topic was a very clear winner. Our patrons would like us to talk today about rope jam etiquette. Okay, so this is going to be really useful to people who are newer to rope and going to their first jam soon. But even if you've been doing rope jams for 20 years, you might find some interesting tidbits in there. Right, Maya. And in order to make it more interesting for our listeners, we are going to follow the amazing and yet fictional Penelope the new rigger and Bradley the first time rope bottom as they both individually navigate their way through their first rope jam ever. Alright, so what is our first challenge with jams? Well Maya, the first thing I would say is challenging with jams is that it's a word that can mean very different things to different people. It so does. And if you go to an event and you're expecting a certain thing and the event you arrive at is completely different, it can be a bad surprise sometimes. It can, and it's not easy to live down a bad first impression. Absolutely. If you go there and you put your foot in your mouth because you were not prepared for the right thing, you can leave bad taste in other people's mouths and your own. <laughs> I mean, if, I'm not saying your feet taste bad or anything. A mixed metaphor there. <laughs> so anyway, we have some tips um, in order to make uh, our listeners and indeed Penelope and Bradley's first appearances at Jam go smoothly. Right. And then you can make tons of rope friends in that corner of the rope community. So Maya, what do Brad and Penelope do before they go to their first rope jam? Okay, so I would suggest that Brad and Penelope both look on FetLife or if the uh, venue itself has a website and read up on the event. So most um, uh, rock jams will have at the very least some information on the event, Mm -hmm. which will probably give you an idea of the rules, which we're going to talk 
quite a bit about later. Um, it might have photos, so you can see the kind of people that are attending. It might give you an idea of the kind of play they're doing. Um, and that's going to give you your first insight into what the event might be. Okay, interesting. You might also be able to see a list of people who are attending. For instance, on FetLife, usually you can see the people who have RSVP the event. And that can also give you an idea of, for instance, if one of your friends going and you have someone you know. Yeah. Um, and so we would get uh, Penelope and Bradley to connect with the organizers in advance. So, so what was the point of doing that, Maya? So one of them is there are definitely vote towns where you need to be vetted. So they're not actually open to anyone. So the venue address is probably not going to be shown on those um, particular uh, rope jam events and in that case you might need to meet with or talk to one of the organizers in advance So that's the first thing. All right, and um, there are some other key things that are definitely worth knowing in advance So one is clothing. So what kind of clothing is or isn't appropriate to be wearing? So if you go there wearing only your reindeer antlers and your giant red butt plug and everyone is in yoga clothes, you might stand out a bit? It's possible they might be less comfortable um, or indeed the other way around. All oh, right. Um, Let's go to the reindeer jam. If it's a naturist jam, yeah. then actually you might. We should go to one of those. <laughs> um, and also cost. It's useful to find out cost before. And some rope jams you actually need to pay beforehand in order to secure a spot. So it's important mm. to check that. Most rope jams seem to have a contribution of some sort in order to pay for the space and yeah, so on. Although exactly. a few of them are actually free, right? Yeah, but mostly um, people need to pay the cost of their space. Um, so sometimes the organizers might not be um, around or uh, receptive. So what do you do then, Maya? Then you just have to um, explore as much as you can, writings on FetLife about the event, or if they have a website, um, and do what you can, basically. All right. And it's better to be a bit more conservative if you're not sure, right? Oh, very much so. All very right. much so. So the giant red butt plug stays home the first time I would around. say probably. Or stays yes. in the bag, I mean. It's not going to hurt anyone if it stays in the bag. Okay. <laughs> All right. And do um, Bradley and Penelope say anything else to the organizers if they manage to connect to them? Yeah, so I would suggest that they definitely um, talk to them about their experience level, their worries. If you can get hold of an organizer, it can be really helpful to get a feel for what the event's going to be like. Um, and also to connect with other people who might attend. Um, and this is a challenge. Okay, why is it a um, challenge, Maya? Because um, it's easy to be uh, invasive or creepy. Okay. Um, if you go directly, say you're uh, someone who's going to a rope jam for the first time. Yeah, so Penelope you, is going to the rope jam for the first time. She checked yeah. out the attendees list. And say she and sends she saw a really a, cute guy. Well, no, say she sends a message to every single bottom, male okay. and female bottom, uh, to say, do you want to tie it? That's less discerning and can uh -huh. come across as quite and, and people honestly like know each other and talk to each other. They so if you send do. 20 messages oh, yes. to 20 bottoms, they're going to share it and advice. not yeah. be super happy yeah. about it. Yeah. So my uh, strong suggestion is to not introduce yourself individually to people, but to go through the organizers. So they are often happy to put people in touch with um, people who might be open to play. And they will then often ask the person if it's okay. And personally, I've done that several times and it's worked out very well. Especially when you went traveling and so on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm. I've done that um, at least two 
different cities, and I think three actually. Um, and you can also introduce yourself in if there's a group on FetLife or if there's a discussion board somewhere that belongs to the event. Uh, for sure, introduce yourself there, and you can talk about being open to play. Okay. Rather than saying, hi, I'm Penelope, and I'm going to email every single mm. bottom out there. All right. And probably at this stage, you might want to connect on a more social level as opposed to being very keen on getting play or trying to get laid at that first mm -hmm. message stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's more about saying, I'm really excited to come. I'm open to play, um, but I'm, I'm very chill and I'm excited to meet people. Right. And this is who I am. Because All if right. you give people a bit of an insight into who you are, then they might be more inclined to come up to you on the day, even if they um, don't introduce themselves to you in advance. That makes sense. So Penelope is all ready to go. She's got a rigor cargo pants on. She's got a rope bag all packed up. Uh, what what uh, does she do to get there? Uh, she makes sure that she knows in advance how to get there. And also she makes sure that she doesn't out the place if it's not public knowledge already. So what do you mean by out the place, Maya? Um, so don't uh, wear a t-shirt that says, I am a rope slut. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of my examples. Or you mean on the, on the street? On the street, yeah, on the yeah. street. Uh, so change once you're inside, keep your reindeer and your butt plug. You know, even I, I wasn't suggesting bringing an even... actual reindeer, you realize <laughs> Okay, I mean reindeer. I would be wrong on a number of levels. Um, if you um, want to wear fetish clothes and you've got agreement on that from your organizers, don't wear it in the car and on the street. Um, so I more like bring it in a bag and then change. Exactly. Okay. All right. And if you run into the neighbors, don't say, oh, amazing. I'm going to that rope party right yeah. next door to you. Exactly. And control your noise and think about what you're talking about outside the door. Yeah. A killer for that can be uh, people who take smoke breaks outside because usually you can smoke inside. Yeah. Uh, and then you go like in the street in front of the place to have your cigarette break. And then you're talking about rope and being loud and all the neighbors are hearing you yeah. and it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Another tip that we would give um, Bradley and Penelope is to make sure they know the price mm -hmm. uh, and have the correct change ready because, you know, these are not usually people in a shop. These are people who um, are often collecting the money for the venue and they might be a volunteer. Be kind, make their life easier by having the change. And actually offer them the money. Don't wait for them to have to chase you yeah. all around the Absolutely. room to get the money out of you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that would be appreciated if you make that part easy and painless for everyone. So what else do Bradley and Penelope have to do? What, what kind of context do they need to be aware of? Well, I think one of the most important thing is going to be aware of what is okay and what isn't. And that can really vary a lot between one jam and another, depending on the venue, the community, the people in charge. Um, is there going to be other BDSM play with the robe, such as impact, for instance? Uh, is wax appropriate? Things like that. What is the nudity level? The people that this jam are most comfortable with. Um, some places are very happy with full nudity. Some are not at all. Uh, is it okay to have sexual play there? Because, I mean, that can be fun with rope, but not everyone necessarily wants to, or is okay to see sex at the rope jams, depending on the group. Uh, and also, yeah, depending on the venue, how appropriate is it to make noise? Like, what noise level is okay? 
so that you won't disturb uh, the other people who are at the jam. Yeah, because you're going to be uh, rope jamming alongside hopefully other people. Part of the experience is to do it in a group. And the group norms in that situation may vary wildly, as we've, we've mm -hmm. talked about. And in some, in some contexts, they're going to be very explicit. Like there might be rules that are given to you in advance, in which case you should read them probably a couple times. Or they might be on the wall. But sometimes it's not going to be so explicit and you have to suss them out a bit and get a feel for the room. So that's where a bit of subtlety is very helpful. Yeah, so follow the lead of the organizers mm -hmm. and watch how other people who are more familiar with the space act. Just because you can have sexual play in that particular venue doesn't mean if nobody else is doing it that you should necessarily have sexual play at your first yeah. jam. And I know that Bradley is quite fond of sexual play with Rolf, but I think for his first couple of jams, he should be conservative and like get a good feel for how the other people and the regulars behave at this particular rope jam before he starts whipping his dick out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this podcast and sharing it with you, but your support can really help us pay for the hosting, the equipment and other critical costs. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope tutorials and gear, so we get a small commission from your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, you could also donate to us directly on our Patreon, either as a one-off amount or monthly support that can be as little as the price of a cup of coffee. If you can't afford to do that, that's okay. Just enjoy the podcast and maybe tell a kinky friend or two about it. Now back to today's episode. So how can we, um, apart from that, create a safe space for everyone? I think the attitude we bring into safer the Safer space. Then. Sorry, I don't say safe space anymore. I say okay, you say a safer space. That's yeah. good. Uh, I think the attitude we bring with us to the rope jam is going to make a big difference. And being mindful of how we talk to other people, because it's really easy to make, for instance, a hurtful joke without meaning to. So um, I think Bradley and Penelope should both, as the bottom and the top, try to bring the most tolerant and the most open-minded version of themselves to the jam. Be aware that people have all kinds of preferences, have all kinds of tastes. They might like a different type of rope, and that is okay. Uh, be open-minded about sexual orientation. Be open-minded about uh, the gender spectrum and wherever uh, the people attending might fall on that. And yeah, no one needs to be made to feel bad for anything. Like this should be a safer space where everyone can have fun with rope. Yeah, and um, that... Uh also applies when we think about different cultures. So if you visit a culture that's not your own, uh, whether that's language or nationality or any other type of culture, it's also something to keep uh, an awareness of that people may do things differently and there's no wrong or right in that. And one thing to include in that reflection is also skill level in rope because Penelope is a pretty good rigger and she knows it, she knows she's very skilled, but she needs to be careful that she doesn't make other riggers feel bad at the jam because that's not going to help anyone. Absolutely. And also, just because she thinks she's good at some things doesn't mean that other people don't have things that they can share with her. Definitely. Um, also, I think it pays to be mindful that some people might be there to play, but some people might be there just to socialize. 
or just to watch depending on what their preferences are. Yeah, I mean, it's super important not to guilt trip people about not wanting to play on that occasion. That is not your right. Yeah, totally. You shouldn't be saying, oh, it's a shame that such a beautiful bottom as you doesn't want to be tied. Absolutely. That is not appropriate and not okay to say. So some jams have a teaching part, Fox, and some don't. So tell us a bit about that. Um, So in some cases, jam might be just a workshop hiding under a different name. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> In which case, well, the the tips about attending a workshop might be more relevant. More often, what you can find is that there's a regular jam where people are playing, but there's a corner that is set aside for a little bit of teaching, usually more entry level, so that people who come to a jam and don't really have a lot of rope skills can get some basics down. And so it's quite useful to find out if the evening is going to have a teaching part or not. Yeah, and if it is teaching, if there is teaching, make sure that you understand if it's a specific identified teacher, Yeah. in which case respect their role. Please don't try and teach instead of them. Don't try and um, uh, one-up person-ship them. Yeah, that is quite bad. Um, or find out if it's uh, knowledge exchange. Um, and then mm-hmm. you might want to share some of what you know if you feel like it, having said that, uh, rope skills does not is not the same as an obligation to be a rope teacher. So definitely, don't force yourself or someone else to teach if that's not what they're into. Mm. Equally, don't push your advice on other people just yeah. because it's a knowledge exchange. Doesn't mean other people want your knowledge. And I'm gonna um, call out a gender thing here because I have a friend who I have a couple friends who both do rope and the female has been um, offered in inverted commas rope advice by males at jams probably 10 to 1 than the male yeah uh so please don't do that people (laughs) (laughs) unless someone specifically asks you or is interested in what you're doing don't offer your knowledge and be very aware if you're who you're offering it to. I mean, what we're going to be repeating a lot today is that it's about being self-aware and aware of the context around you. If you're sensitive to what's happening and you pay attention to the people around you and their needs and their boundaries, you should do pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eating and drinking is another thing. Uh, Sometimes that's allowed. Uh, Sometimes it's allowed in particular parts of the space. Uh, Bradley likes a cup of uh, tea after his uh, rope. Mm -hmm. So um, he needs to seek out the kettle part and make sure that he doesn't bring his open container near the the ropes. That would be bad. If you make a big stain on the expensive tatami mats, (laughs) no one's going to be very happy with you. Yeah, whereas there's often a social area in places mm-hmm. uh, alcohol is something else to be aware of um, yeah. that may or may not be welcome often at jams it's um, not something that people are uh, encouraging at the very least yeah and if you're a smoker and you need smoking breaks make sure you organize them in a way that won't be disruptive to the event yeah and be aware that your bottoms can smell the smoke on you yeah okay just as an aside note like i can tell immediately yeah, from the yeah. and smoke. some people might like that some, some might not won't. so that's yeah. a thing to be conscious of okay all right so maya penelope is a bit anxious because she would really like to play at that first rope jam and she's not sure how to ask people what is your advice to her okay so that's another time uh, not to be creepy so again um suggesting that you talk to the organizer again uh, often they are there or one of their roles is to facilitate connections between people which is not the same as um provide you with a button yeah exactly i'd like a blonde with big breasts please yeah. 
Thank you for that. I, I wouldn't actually. Penelope word is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. You're a brunette, smart fox. Yeah. And um, also, I don't care about breast that much. I'm more of an ass man. I am well aware. So anyway, talk to the organisers. Um, so they might be connect to people who might be open to tie or being tied. And if you're socialing with people, um, be authentic. Say, I'm, I'm excited to connect with people. It's my first time at a jam. Mm. I'm a bit nervous. Um, how do people usually go about connecting for play? Ask people. Don't ask them to play. Ask them how to connect for play. Okay, and that's that smart and meta. Thanks. That gives people the opportunity to say, oh, well, you could ask me like this. Um, oh. Or to say, oh, I really don't know. Please Please leave me alone, I'm drinking my cup of tea. Yeah. So in general, starting with something social and low-key and more on the small talk spectrum than straight on pressuring people to play with you Absolutely. might be more successful. Because right? in general, often people want to tie with a, a human rather than a... Or a forest person. animal. Or a fox. Such as yes. a fox. Yeah, as an example. Um, so having something in common, well, that's easier at a rope jam, right? Everyone has rope in common at they a rope jam. What maybe shouldn't Penelope do? I think that Penelope can have a tendency to brag a bit about her own rope skills. Yeah, and she, she would do well to maybe take some time to ask others what they like about <laughs> rope rather than launch herself in a 10 minutes monologue about how amazing she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, alternatively, what um, we may have seen people do is bring... 300 rope pictures that they show to everyone yeah, about yeah. how amazing a top or bottom they are. Yeah, we've definitely um, met that person several times. We very have. And and so that can also be a bit tiring for other mm. people. Um, and, and having that topic in common can be useful because you can then start your connection. And if you do play with them later, um, that's something that you can explore with them, the type of rope that they're into. Yeah, yeah, definitely it's uh, useful to get to know the people and the rope they like if you end up playing with them. So ask questions is one of the key things. And to be fair about that question of what kind of rope do you like or what do you like about rope, it's useful to ask it several times on different days because the answer might change. Like today I might feel like doing foot rope and tomorrow I might feel like doing a suspension. So what other questions do you think Penelope should ask around as she uh, feels her way through that first rope jam? Uh, she should get an idea of the context. So what usually happens here? How does the evening or the afternoon run? Mm -hmm. um, how do people learn? So maybe Bradley wants to know how to, he can become a better rock bottom. Okay. So how does he do that? He can ask, you know, how, mm. how would, did you um, progress on your journey as a mm. rock bottom? And what kind of rope do people do? So all questions to explore, you know, what usually happens and to get to understand the cultural context in that situation better. Okay, that's quite useful. One thing I would say to Penelope in particular, because she is a rope top and I'm a rope top, is that I have found that for me, it works well to let bottoms come to me and ask me to play first, because I'm a bit conscious of the power differ differentials that can be present and the effect this can have on consent. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so basically, there's a number of social cultural factors that might be in play, depending on the area, the community. Uh, and they could be things like gender, age, being a top versus being a bottom, level of experience, fame, 
all related that it is because even the most famous <laughs> rogue person is not very famous yeah. in the world at large uh, and many other things and if you have a big power differential and you go to people from a position of much higher power and you ask them to play it might be really difficult for them to say no in a way that's not awkward for them absolutely and honestly i would rather broadcast the fact that i'm available for play and then let bottoms who are interested come to me and suggest that we play together that way i never feel that i'm forcing myself upon them absolutely and that is a bit of more of a long-term strategy for people so it might oh yeah feel, definitely um, because you're gonna miss out on some play in the short term by doing that potentially um but also it might be play that some of the aggressive riggers got by pushing hard mm -hmm. and play that actually will never be repeated because the person will avoid them from then on. Yeah, so that is definitely a more long-term. You want to be part of the community. You want to be nice to other people. Respectful. You want everyone to have a good time and you respect everyone. Uh, and if it costs you a few scenes because more aggressive people are going to kind of force uh, shy bottoms into scenes, uh, that's an okay price to pay, honestly. Absolutely, more than. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, in that case, you are probably announcing your availability to Ty mm -hmm. and then seeing what happens. Yeah. So Bradley told me he was a little bit self-conscious about asking people to tie him up. Do you have any advice for him? Yeah, so that's definitely part of the power differential. In the past, there's certainly been more of a focus on the idea of the tops asking the bottoms to play. All right. Um, that's not something that we <laughs> support. No, we feel that at the very least it should be equal. Both sides should feel comfortable to ask. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really important for both sides to understand both what it's like to ask and what it's like to give and receive a no thank you. Mm. Um, because being able to take a no, um, not only is a rope skill, but a life skill. Um, so being able to manage uh, pressure to play, being polite. Um, if you are asking as a bottom, then there's no need to feel insulted if no one asks you. Um, you have as much as a responsibility to ask tops to play as tops do to ask you to play. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I uh, find it hard to ask people that I don't know. Um, and so I do spend more time if I'm going to a new rope jam to connect with people via references. So I don't go directly to people because I don't think that's respectful, but I do go to the organizers. Um, and I try quite hard to get in touch with the organizers. So I, if they don't reply to me, then I look to see who else is involved in the organizing team. And I ask the organizers um, how to connect with people. Hmm. Um, and so sometimes I also watch at my first jam if I know I'm going to go back uh, so that I can see who's a more experienced or a more a rigger who appeals to me a bit more whilst knowing that just because they tie in one way for one scene does not mean that they tie that way with everybody. Yeah, that's um, very true. But at least it gives me an idea of how they're, I don't know, holding their tension and their more, more basic um, aspects of safety. Um, and it's good practice to ask. I mean, it's good life practice to be able to say, would you be interested in um, doing some work tonight? And it's good practice to take a note. A pro tip I'm going to give to Bradley is that he learns how to coil rope and then he can offer the different riggers at the jam to coil their rope after their scenes if they want. 
because yeah. not everyone is going to want that kind of help, but some people would be very thankful. And that way he can start chit-chatting with the riggers and find which ones he clicks with on the human level. And then probably that will get him some play in the long run. Yeah. And my pro pro tip um, <laughs> as someone who's done that a lot and has only ever been said yes to one time apart from you is if they say no to coiling it, ask them if they would like you to straighten it so that the other person can coil. Mm-hmm. Um, because that uh, untangling it and straightening it makes it easier for the rigger to coil it. So that's like a halfway house where you can yeah. help without um, their coiling style being. And good. obviously ask before Absolutely. verbally, like don't go around touching people's ropes without them saying it was okay to do so because that would not be cool. That's great. Uh, one thing you can do as a rigger if you want to signal your availability for play is sit down with your rope neatly arranged in front of you and that usually is a pretty clear signal that, okay, I'm a rigger, I'm ready to tie, I would like someone <laughs> to tie with. Some places might also have systems in place that can help you do your matchmaking, play, finding your play partners. And some things we've seen have included a whiteboard in the corner of the room where you can put a little message or a post-it note. If you're looking for someone and you can say, okay, I'm a rigger, I'm looking for a bottom for a suspension, for instance. Uh, some other places also have bracelets. And if you wear, let's say, the red, brace- red bracelet, it means you're a top looking for a bottom. If you're wearing the blue bracelet, it means you're a bottom looking for a top. So be aware of those things if they exist and use them to uh, your full advantage. Yeah. So say you do find someone to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you need to do is understand people's limits. Definitely. And obviously that's the person you play with and that we won't go into in in great detail because we have quite a lot in the backlist about that, Um, particularly our episode on negotiation. um, And we can, um, yeah, people can have a look at that and listen to that episode because it's a pretty... Yeah, one thing I would say to Penelope is be careful because usually at a rope jam, the time is quite limited. Uh, Rope jams might be as short as only two or three hours. And so you won't have ages to negotiate your scene. As you get more experience, you'll probably get better at covering the core points in a short negotiation. So maybe bring with you a checklist of the things you want to make sure you cover. Yeah, and we would suggest inclusive negotiation is much easier. I think I think it's much safer yeah, to go with an inclusive style in that context. So time is one of the things that the venue might impose on your play. Are there yeah. other types of limits that the um, organizers or the venue might impose? Uh, definitely, for instance, the jam that Bradley and Penelope are going to does not allow neck rope mm. because they say it's outside their risk profile. So definitely they both need to respect that by not doing it for Penelope and by not asking for it as Bradley. Uh, And they don't allow play involving body fluids because the cleanup is a bit annoying Mm -hmm. because of that antique hardwood floor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe the local laws don't allow for penetration. So maybe like oral sex uh, on a female might be okay, but any kind of penetration might be um, against the law in that area. Um, and it's good to understand what the insurance situation is as well. Mm. Please don't assume that because you're going to a jam, there is insurance. Yeah. Um, equally, there may be insurance and some things might not be allowed. So if you come from a highly uh, structured, litigious culture, don't assume that that's going to apply wherever yeah. you go to. Yeah. 
Uh, one thing I told Bradley is that he should check out if there's a house safe word. And so the principle of a house safe word is independent of whatever safe words you negotiated for your scene with your partner. There is a super safe word. And if you use it, then anyone at the jam would come to your aid and interrupt your scene. And that's something that's good to know. And it actually can make you feel safer in playing with someone you know a little bit less. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, stay well clear of other people's scenes. Um, certainly, we've seen people uh, recently, in fact, uh, interfere or give feedback to a rigger on their suspension mm -hmm. um, in a way that was both unhelpful and dangerous. Yes, we've seen quite a bit of that. Yeah, indeed. Um, Penelope likes to take photos, so is that okay for her to do at a rope jam, you think, Mai? Uh, I think it's something to be mindful of. Uh, your baseline should probably be don't take photos of other people's scenes uh, yes. unless you've been explicitly asked to. Uh, be aware of uh, what, what you might call innocent bystanders. So what are the rules about those? So, so people who show up in the background behind your suspension. Yeah, and happen like to be watching. So um, it would be... We personally, for example, would not enjoy being outed yes. via being a bystander. Yes, that would be a bad surprise, a bad way to start the week. Exactly. Um, here we tend to heavily blur faces and distinguishing marks like tattoos. In other places, they might just require you to ask for the consent of every person appearing in the photo, even, even if it's just their big toe nearly out of the frame yeah so just be aware and if you share photos online and this might seem counterintuitive don't tag people without asking them first yeah god knows social media are expert at destroying your privacy so yeah. be super careful in the way you use them yeah uh, and the venue might be happy for you to tag them again check check with the organizers it might yeah. be good publicity for them yeah um, and there's also the problem of other people taking photos while you're playing yeah, and if you think uh, that someone else is taking photos of your scene, you might need to go over or and burn their phone. In some people's cases, send your dom over <laughs> to have an awkward conversation about them needing to delete their picture. I would also say, actually, as a <laughs> learning from this, please be aware that if you're playing with your phone next to someone else's scene, it's probably going to be very uncomfortable for them. And yeah, they're someone might their, get upset. They're going to send their dom over to talk to you in your native language. Yeah, later yeah, on, yeah. For example. Might send their dom or might send one of the organizers. Yeah. And in the worst case, uh, if the conversation doesn't go well, you might be asked to not return to the jam. Yeah, yeah. It's really uncomfortable as a bottom when you're completely vulnerable and helpless to see someone pointing mm. a phone in your direction, even if they're just reading the weather. Yeah. Another thing I said to Penelope is be mindful of sharing the space, and I would say sharing the toys. Uh, a jam is a community event with a lot of people doing rope in the same place, and some resources are going to be limited. There's a limited amount of tying space. Uh, if there's hard points, there's probably not an infinite number of them. If people want to play on furniture and so on, they have to be mindful of how long they're going to use the furniture for, so other people get a chance to play with it as well. Yeah, um, I would say to Bradley as well as the bottom, um, it, it might be a surprise, but it might be useful to bring your own rope um, mm -hmm. sometimes because... Yeah. In general, riggers will have rope, but every now and then a rigger will turn up having come straight from work or maybe they're traveling and visiting the area and they might not have any rope. And mm. you might be very pleased to be the only bottom who has <laughs> rope that they can tie you with. Also, 
as much as it is pleasant to take your time with a rope scene, and we tend to really like to do that, in the jam context, when there's limited resources, maybe try to be quick with your in and out, as in go to the suspension frame, have your negotiation already done. Don't spend half an hour sitting under the frame negotiating when other people are waiting to use it. And then once you're down from your suspension, move away from it and take your stuff away from it and do your aftercare in another corner so that the next person can use the frame while you're doing that. Yeah. And some places might have an advanced equipment booking system. Um, yeah. If so, use it, respect the schedule. Definitely. Um, and also just be mindful of parts of the space might be off limits to you. They might be staff only or it might be a private residence where people don't want you going into their bedroom. So just make sure you understand which parts of the space you're welcome to use. So what should Penelope and Bradley do at the end of the jam? I think one thing they should do is keep an eye on the clock and make sure they finish on time because if you're the organizer of the jam and you've worked all day and it's 10 p.m. and you got to go home to send the babysitter away or whatever, you don't want to have to wait an extra 45 minutes for Penelope to finish her suspension. Yeah. So just be nice. Be sure to be ready to go when it's time to go. In some cases, it's okay to hang out and socialize after the jam, but be ready to go if you have to, is what I would say. Yeah. And clean up after yourself. Yes, please. Um, and offer to help others with chores if there's something um, you think you could do. Quickly. Yeah, furniture might be need to be put back in position and so on so give the organizers a hand with that yeah and thank the organizers it is such a difficult job to organize events such as rope jams like show your show your gratitude to the people who make your fun possible yeah um, and that includes making sure anyone you played with is okay yeah um, and has a way to get home safely so if you did a scene with them earlier in the night then just check and you see them at the end just check in with them and make sure they're okay they might be super spacey they might be not quite ready to face the outside world without assistance so if you can do something to help it's uh, it's nice to check and then even the next day we would suggest both penelope and bradley connect with um people at the jam the next day people they played with uh, the people who organize it which can help both prevent drop Mm -hmm. uh, check in about any issues and also increase that sense of community. Yeah. So speaking of how to behave at events in general and what to do before an event and how to best care for yourself and for others after the event, we just read a very good book uh, that we would like to recommend and you will be able to uh, find it in the show notes for this episode on Fet Life. Yeah, okay, I'll add a link to that. So that's all from us at the World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. If you have questions related to Rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening and have fun tying.